Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It is First Strike, First Look right here on VEASAN on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Dave Ross, joined by our producer extraordinaire, Britton Hess, back in the program. Britton here on a Tuesday before we get to Friday's First Strike for everybody on VEASAN, wherever you get your podcasts, of course. But Britton, before we look ahead to what should be a very intriguing main event uh, on this card coming up on Saturday, let's take a look back at the two title bouts that we just saw on Saturday night. Uh, look, I think the fans maybe wanted a little bit more after Israel Adesanya gave you one of the most iconic walkouts that we've ever seen in UFC history when he went full Undertaker and Paul Bearer on us. Uh, but really a pedestrian-like performance for Izzy, at least for the fans' sake, uh, where he gets a five-round unanimous decision over Jared, Jared Cannonier to remain the middleweight champion of the world. And I, and I look at it, and I get it, and I think you get it, Britton, but maybe some new to the sport don't get it, that that was actually a virtuesque performance by uh, Izzy there where he didn't have to take any chances and really kept Jared Cannonier in the end of his punches and could kind of do what he wanted to do in there. What was your takeaway from the main event? Yeah, you know, it was kind of exactly what we talked about all week last week with just, I don't know how Cannonier can get close enough to do damage. Izzy moves too well. Izzy has too much range. Izzy is too smart, too technical. Um, you know, and it is kind of said that there wasn't a big finish or a big, you know, uh, a, a photo opportunity with a guy getting, you know, blood sprayed across the cage. But right. at the same time, when you're a guy on Israel's level who's cleared out the entire division, like you don't, you're not proving anything to anyone. You don't need to take risks. You can just do what it takes to win. You know, if somebody leaves their chin out, sure, take advantage of it. But Cannonier also knew what he was getting into. And it felt like Cannonier knew from the beginning he didn't have much of a shot in this one. He just didn't want to, you know, embarrass himself. Yeah, and he did not. And it was a technical fight. And, and uh, look, I was on thinking that if Cannonier is going to get the win, it's going to have to come from KO. That clearly did not happen as he could not get inside to make this a, a physical fight. And he had some opportunities up against the cage and kind of pushed Izzy back a couple of times. But you saw Izzy's eyes. If you really watch the infighting there, he knew what Cannonier was trying to do every time. He's just felt one step ahead. I think you could say the same thing about the co-main event with Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway. You know, if you liked Max it, by design, decision which i was leaning to a three to one well that was over after the first round you could tell right away that volk was an even better uh, alexander volkanovsky and it was interesting because last week on first strike when we had john anacon and cub swanson and Stephen wonderboy thompson you know they were alluding to the fact that he's gotten better volkanovsky's getting better as arguably the best 145 pounder in the history of the division i know jose aldo stands might say something about that uh, maybe even Conor McGregor in his heyday at 145. But what would you make of the performance by Volk the third time around? I, I, knowing how good 
Volk is and has been to hit for him to improve that much is like nothing I've ever seen because it's like he's already at you know on top of the mountain it's like how do you go higher when you're on top of the mountain it's like he's like you know building a helicopter or getting a hot air balloon or something getting higher still <laughs> despite all odds uh, mm-hmm. but yeah no it, it looked like I mean Max Holloway looked like a pedestrian at best fighter which we know he's not so that just speaks to Volkanovsky because it was not close at all Volk was never scared Volk had the power advantage he had the speed advantage uh, you know, he didn't have the reach advantage, but you can't, he can't grow his arms in the gym. Uh, but everything no. else he's doing in the gym has, seems like it's working. So, uh, no, I, I was super impressed with Alexander Volkanovsky. And I don't know if you caught the moment with him talking to Cejudo after the fight. They, oh, yeah. They might be trying to set something up, which I can't, I mean, I would love to watch that. I feel like Cejudo might be a little too small for him, but Cejudo has proven me wrong plenty of times in the past. So hopefully we get to see that fight because I think that's, that's the only real move for Volkanovsky at this point. Yeah, and the interesting there is, though, he could go the other way, and he could go up to 155 and and challenge for the lightweight crown because you you look at it here and you go, well, now he's really cleaned out the 45s when you look at beating Max Holloway three times, right? So if we're talking about Henry Cejudo, who's talking about fighting everybody out there, Mm -hmm. you know, from 25 to 35 to 45, it doesn't, you know, that's what he does as the the double champ or as the triple champ, as he likes to say with the Olympic gold. We'll find out what he does if he does come back to the sport or if Volk decides to go north of the border to 155, that that actually might intrigue me a little bit more. Uh, let's get to this card here on First Strike. First Look on a Tuesday. And I think one of the more interesting uh, things that you can do out there when you're handicapping MMA is try to look at where you think the lines will move. So you can be anticipatory to try to find the best number. When you look at the main event here, as we talk on a Tuesday here at DraftKings, Rafael Dos Anjos right now is plus 170 against Rafael Fazeev at minus $2. So you got a Rafael against a Rafael, even though they spell the names the same here, in a potential five-round bout. What do you make of Fazeev right now as a $2 betting favorite against RDA? In my gut reaction is it's a lot. You know, RDA is a legend, probably a Hall of Famer, uh, and he's been in the cage with everybody. He's beaten a lot of great, great fighters, champions, champion contenders. And Fazeev's, you know, beaten some good fighters, you know, he, mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not sniffed a guy who's sniffed gold, you know? No. Um, so I think that the line at this point is a little high. I mean, RDA is 37 years old, so it's really not many people are going to be rushing to the window to uh, bet a guy whose physical prime was, you know, five plus years ago. Uh, and, you know, a guy who's he had some up and down performances, I guess you could call it over the last, I don't know, six, five, six years um, mm-hmm. since he won that belt. Um, but you know he's got experience, and you know sometimes experience is means is meaningful, and sometimes it's not. Like look at Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina last week, right? Right. Lawler's got all the experience in the world, and he was using it for a round and a half. But at the end of the day, the damage caught up, and Barberina just turned it into a street fight. And you know the guy who took more took more damage went down first. Um, and I could maybe see something like that happening here because I know Fiziev is a is a action fighter. He'll, he'll push the pace. Um, and like I said, he's got one loss in his career, and he got, it was like a freak KO in 2019. Um, so, you know, he's, he looks for finishes, and it, it's, it's just going to be really determined. It'll be determined by how Rafael Dos Anjos is doing physically, you know, not just like conditioning and everything, but like if he still has a chin, if he still has the strength, if he still has the speed and all that stuff. Um, so I feel like there will be money on Dos Anjos before the fight starts, but it could be, you know, a little bit of tug of war back and forth just because I feel like the name recognitions all with Dos Anjos. Um, but if you look at the metrics, the age and all in the record, people are going to be attracted to Fiziev. 
No question. Again, right now, the over is juiced heavily over four and a half rounds in this non-title bout, but it is a main event at minus $1.55. If you think Fazeev or RDA could get an early stoppage in this one, you can get plus money right now at under four and a half rounds. Let's talk about the co-main a little bit very quickly here. When you look at Kayo Borjalo is back in there against Armin Pedrosian here. Uh, what do you make of Kayo in this spot a relatively quick turnaround from his last victory looked very impressive. And now he's over a $2 betting favorite against Pedrosian here. Uh, 215 uh, against Pedrosian's plus 185 in the comeback. What do you make of this number so far on a Tuesday? I think, you know, I think that again, I think the number's high. I, I say it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, if we go back a few weeks to um, Sarukian versus Gamro, this kind of feels like that same type of fight again. Mm-hmm. Where, where both guys have a ton of potential. Both guys are really good. We haven't seen either of them enough to really know what their full, full potential is. We can kind of project a little bit, but you know, they both have one fight in the UFC and they both have, you know, a couple of contender series fights. So we don't know how good they are yet. Um, and I know, you know, in, in lower organizations, Petrosian has like six of his seven wins are KOs. He's got the nuclear option. I just yeah. think that you're laying 210 when it's two guys with one loss each, both fairly young, both fairly new to the UFC. I just had, I, I, re, I reluctantly would lay the juice there. That's for sure. Ooh. Okay. I, or yeah, I, I would be reluctant to lay the juice, I should okay, say. Okay, there we Sorry. go. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, w- I would You're lean with the dog. You're not going to lay the 215. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. I'll talk with Britton Ness here on a Tuesday first strike, first look. Before we get to Fridays, we're trying to anticipate maybe where we see some of these lines uh, potentially find the value here earlier in the week. Very quickly, I know you're not a big fan normally of backing Jared uh, Vanderra here, but he's going to take on Chase Sherman in a battle of heavyweights. And right now, Jared's laying a dollar eighty. Chase, we know, sometimes takes fights on short notices, feels like an opponent out there, plus $1.55 for Chase. Which heavyweight would you back here if you had to? Well, you know that I, I mean, I love <laughs> fading both of these guys. I, I mean, yeah. I think I bet against both of these guys in every single fight they've had in the last, like, three years. Um, so, so you know where I uh, stand on these guys. I think uh, Jared Vandera actually has a little bit more to him, though. He's been fighting higher quality opponents. He's been losing, um, but the guys that he's been fighting have been a little bit better than who I've seen Sherman face. I mean, obviously, Shea, uh, Sherman's last fight was against Alexander Romanov on a late, um, you know, he filled in late on that one. So, yeah, that's the exception to his strength of schedule. But before that, it's like Jake Collier, Parker Porter, old man Andre Arlovsky, losing to all three mm-hmm. of those guys. Um, you know, obviously, Andre's a legend, but. Parker Porter, not too impressive not to me. Legend. Jake no. Collier, not too impressive to me. Um, you know, and Jared Vandera, he, you know, like a, he got submitted by Alexei Olnik, who's one of the greatest ever to do it in the division. He lost a, a very close split decision to Andre Arlovsky, and he lost to Alexander Romanov, who's you know a high, he's a guy who's right raising mm-hmm. up in the division. So I, uh, you know, I, I lean Jared Vandera here. I mean, Chase Sherman, this is his second UFC stint. He already ran out, you know, he, he was already kind of ran off once because he just did not perform well enough to justify being on the roster. He came back to fill in light, uh, fill in, in a fight late during the COVID years and, uh, or right before the COVID years. And, uh, you know, he got a win against Isaac Villanueva, who's also very not, not good at all. And then he's lost four in a row. Uh, I think that this is going to be Chase Sherman's swan song in the UFC. Ooh, <laughs> it would be the last time we see Chase in there if he can't get this yes. win. 
uh, win against Jared Vandera. Uh, very quickly, when you look at the rest of the card, and, and again, here on a Tuesday, you see uh, the former Black Zillion. That's how far we go back with Michael Johnson. He's going to go up there against Jamie Malarkey. Could be a very interesting bout there. Cynthia Calvillo against Nina Nunez. You got Cast Iron Casey. She's back. Courtney is against Antonina Shevchenko. Of course, that's Valentina's sister. Uh, there are some names riddled up and down this fight card, Britain. On a Tuesday, which number and name attracts you the most? Michael Johnson, two to one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he's plus 200 versus Malarkey. Michael Johnson's one in five in his last, uh, or one in four in his last five fights. But that last, uh, th- that last one last was a one. KO against Alan Patrick. You know, if Michael still has that durability to make it to the second round and to land the punishing shot that ends the fight, uh, you know, Jamie Malarkey is definitely a guy that can get KO'd. He's got five losses and three of those are via KO. I think, you know, speed strength should be on the side of Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson's obviously older. He's been in more wars. Um, he's a little bit taller, though, so Johnson should have the reach advantage. I think that, uh, you know, people are maybe rushing to uh, bury Michael Johnson a little yeah. too soon. I think he's got a little bit more left in the tank. Still a legend to me, and certainly for those out there, when you think of the, the how long Michael Johnson still be getting it done here in the UFC. So two to one underdog, the betting underdog on a Tuesday, maybe good value there. We'll see how that number moves before we get to first strike on Friday. Britain, always appreciate the conversation, my friend. We'll talk again on Friday for first strike. All right, Dave, it's always fun. Thanks for having me on. There he is, everybody. Britain has check him out, check me out, check out our whole cast and crew. Friday, first strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.